government. So I think we, we need to do more. Um, so we're certainly not there yet. And if you look at governments around the world, I don't think any government is, 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 is doing enough. And I think there's a lot more that can be done all round. So you know, I, I've definitely seen things improve in Hong Kong since I arrived here in, in late 97. Um, but it's a journey. And I, and I, I think we, we, we've really got a, a lot more work to do to get to where we need to be. Well, thank you both very much for joining me this morning. That's Peter Sargent, the CEO of Community Business, and Dirk Dalichow, who's Managing Director of Eaton Hong Kong. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets for this week and also for the month of July. Over in Australia, the SX200 is now down over 1%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan following suit, down just over 1% as well. In South Korea, the Cosby is off about 0.2%. Uh, futures markets indicating that the Hang Seng will add about 70 points or so at the open. That's about a quarter of a percent. In the commodities markets, gold is moving higher. It's currently at $1,960 an ounce. And Brent crude oil also a little bit firmer as well, trading at $43.63 a barrel. Uh, but the US dollar is slipping this morning in Asian trading. It's at 104.5 against the Japanese yen. Thank you very much for listening this week. Do have a great weekend. Do stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings after the news. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy, occasional squally showers and thunderstorms. Maximum temperature is going to be about 30 degrees and it will be windy with swells, heavy squally showers and thunderstorms in the next few days. There is a thunderstorm warning in force right now, along with a strong monsoon signal. Uh, the temperature out at the observatory, 27 degrees, 90% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.32, here's Priscilla with the half-hour news. The Civic Party has accused election officials of political screening after 12 opposition figures were disqualified from running in the LegCo polls. They said the decision deprives voters of the right to choose who represents them in LegCo. Four of those banned from running are Civic Party members Dennis Kwok, Elvin Young, Kwokaki and Chet Cheng. Elvin Young, who is the party leader, said the government stance that Hong Kong is still an international city is unconvincing like this government is so shameless that they no longer care about what the world uh, thinks. Uh, but again, if this Hong Kong government is still trying to convince the rest of the world that, hey, this is an international city, there's still one country, two systems, then of course they have to uh, make up even more excuses or put up more reasons to convince others. But uh, it seems like this is uh, unconvincing and I do not think it's easy to convince that there's still one country to systems. The other opposition figures barred from running are activists Joshua Wong and Lester Shum, Kenneth Leung from the professional commons, civic persons Chen Kam Moon, localist Ventus Lau and Fergus Leung, district councillor Tiffany Yun, and former journalist Gwyneth Ho. A government statement said there is no question of any political censorship, restriction of freedom of speech, or deprivation of the right to stand for election. There has been widespread bipartisan condemnation of a suggestion by Donald Trump that November's presidential election could be delayed. Mr. Trump said in a tweet the vote would be the most inaccurate and fraudulent in U.S. history because of postal voting, but gave no evidence. Democrats called it a desperate attempt by a losing candidate. The top House of Representatives Republican is Kevin McCarthy. He also rejected the idea. Never in the history of the federal elections have we ever not held an election, and we should go forward with our election. We should have absentee voting, but this mass bailing out ballots without having any checks and balances, without people requesting, really brings um, concern in there. But 
No way should we ever not hold our election on the day that we have it. Mr. Trump's tweet came shortly after the latest figures on the U.S. economy showed a contraction of almost 10% in the second quarter of the year. Consumer spending was badly affected. It accounts for roughly two-thirds of U.S. gross domestic product. The Democratic senator Chuck Schumer accused the Republicans of failing to tackle a range of economic problems. Millions of newly unemployed Americans cannot go back to work, cannot afford the rent, cannot put food on the table. Small businesses are waiting to see if the federal loan program that kept them alive will be renewed. Parents are worried sick about their kids returning to school in the fall. State and local governments who fought this disease on the front line when the Trump administration refused to give them help are deep in the red. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Election updates today. Twelve members of the pan-democratic camp have been barred from running in the September LegCo elections. The government has supported the move, saying electoral officers were correct in referring to a court ruling which stated that the nominee must have the intention to not just comply with the basic law, but to support, promote and embrace it. It said that by this definition, people who oppose the enactment of the national security law, advocate Hong Kong independence or self-determination, solicit foreign governments' intervention into Hong Kong affairs, as well as those who threaten to use their vetoing power to pressure the government to accede to certain political demands, are all unfit to become legislators. The statement said there's no question of any political censorship, restriction of freedom of speech or deprivation of the right to stand for elections. It's also reported the government is studying the possibility of postponing the election for a year, with little hope that the COVID-19 outbreak will be brought under control by September. What, then, are the political, legal and constitutional implications of the disqualifications and the proposed postponement? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, our address, bankchat at rthk.hk, uh, although we may edit your uh, messages for relevance and length. Uh, or give us a call, and our number is 233-88266. We look forward to hearing from you. Joining us in the first part of the programme, between now and 9 o'clock, we're joined by Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong, uh, Alan Lung of the Civic Party, and uh, Kenneth Lung, the Accountancy Sector uh, Lawmaker at present, uh, or until recently, uh, uh, will be joining us. He's one of those who has been uh, barred from uh, standing. Uh, once again, we want to hear from you. Uh, a few emails that have come in uh, before the programme. Alan says... We can only respond with despair or anger. Beijing really seems to prefer to make 80% of Hong Kong hate them than allow the high degree of autonomy they promised over and over. I think I will tune in 10 minutes late as I may throw my radio across the room when you start reading the United Front gloating messages, says Alan. Please don't, Alan. Martin says, I wonder why so many nominations from the pandems for the alleged elections were invalidated. Could it be because they recently lobbied the USA to enact the HKHRDA, implement sanctions against China and Hong Kong officials, asking other countries to follow suit? In addition, the candidates never condemned the violent protest, rather the opposite. They encouraged and supported the protests, adapting the five demands, not one less, of the protest so, uh, uh, movement as their own. I think he means adopting. Some were even fond of the If We Burn, You Burn With Us slogan. Besides, some of these candidates were involved in, an, in overseas anti China organisations and alliances and think tanks, as well as political NGOs operating in Hong Kong, such as the NED. 
Ching in an email says, let's make this clear. In September uh, 2019, a High Court ruling affirmed the nomination forms which election candidates were required to sign, whereby candidates agreed to uphold the basic law and pledge allegiance to the SAR. Citing a landmark case involving independence advocate Andy Chan, the judge wrote that election officials may ban candidates if they find cogent, clear and compelling evidence that they did not genuinely intend to uphold the basic law. Any questions on the legal implications of the disqualification of these unfit candidates may lead to dispute over procedural issues, but there is no ground to challenge the constitutionality of the returning officer's authority in light of the court ruling. That comes from Ching. Bowen says there's been an argument by some in the establishment that if and when Hong Kong's quasi-democratic system becomes significantly diminished, the West will accept that fact and business will go on as usual. The US has demonstrated that she is not prepared to go in that direction. The large-scale disqualification of pan-democratic candidates for LegCo's elections will further unite other Western countries in following the lead of the US. As democratic forces are largely wiped out from the legislative branch, it's most unlikely to be possible for the judicial branch to be left alone. Another international financial centre and all other such centres in Asia, outside China, is or are likely to take over at least parts of the functions performed by Hong Kong. To the extent that Hong Kong has contributed to the economic success of China, that advantage will also dissipate. That's from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed for your messages. And our guest for the first half of the programme is Executive Counsel Ronnie Tong. Mr Tong, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Now, um, as I'm sure you're well aware, the Basic Law says not just once, I think three times, that uh, among the powers of legislators is the power to veto the budget. It's repeated uh, several times in the Basic Law, but yesterday we saw numerous pro-democracy candidates disqualified, and among the reasons listed by the returning officers was that they threatened to veto the budget, and the Hong Kong government issued a statement saying they supported that. Do you as the Executive Councillor support that interpretation as well? say this, uh, I'm not going to comment on individual cases, because I think that legal process uh, probably underway in relation to most, if not all of the cases. So all I can say is deal with uh, matters of general principle. That uh, is a I general principle. Right that, yeah. uh, legislators are not elected to support the government. They are there to uh, <coughs> uh, provide check and balances and to veto if necessary. Uh, that is one thing. Uh, but uh, I do not believe the returning officer is relying uh, on that alone. Uh, there may be situations where uh, people uh, would uh, use the vetoing power, abuse that power in order to bring down the government. Now, if that were to be the case, then it is evidence of not uh, in support of the basic law or not being prepared to swear allegiance to the government. Uh, I cannot, uh, I, I also caution people not to uh, pass judgment simply by reading one sentence in the news uh, and look at the result and say, ah, that must be something wrong. I mean, if you lose 5 mil, you, you can't immediately stand up and say, oh, the rules must be bent. That is the mentality of Donald Trump. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think rational people should adopt that attitude. Uh, people should not simply look at the result. Uh, and, and then surmise that something seriously has gone wrong. People need to look at the uh, reasons. And I think uh, the best way to test it is to uh, see how the courts will, uh, you know, will deal with it. Uh, the courts have dealt with this kind of situation no less than three times. And uh, the legal principle uh, has been uh, settled, I think, quite clear. Uh, and uh, on a larger scale, one must also understand that the one country, two systems is a political compromise. 
it is important that people uh, do not lose sight of that. Uh, but I fear that a lot of people are using this compromise to further, you know, its political interest. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you look at the Western country, you can see that that is exactly what, where they're going. They want to use the two systems to undermine the one country. If everybody respects China's sovereignty over Hong Kong and work from that basis to try to realize the political compromise, I think a lot of the problems that we see happen today wouldn't happen. But you, you keep mentioning politics here. So this is a political matter. It's not just about oh, the law. It is a political matter. It's a, so, and though the candidates have been disqualified for politi essentially political reasons, like the one I mentioned at the start about uh, saying they're going to veto, veto the budget. You say, well, they're, maybe they're, they're going to act in an unreasonable way. And remember, we're not just talking about the returning officers here. We're talking about the Hong Kong government statement that was issued yesterday, which listed exactly the same reasons. Um, so candidates are being disqualified for political reasons. national covenant of civil and political rights very, very clearly that all rights under the uh, covenant uh, is subject to qualifications relating to national security. And, uh, you know, the uh, territorial integrity of Hong Kong is a matter of national security. Well, One country, two systems is a, a national right security. To... It is a political security that we're talking about. Uh, so, you know, the lines are very clearly drawn in the, you know, international government. Of well, that's not rights. actually correct. I mean, the right to vote is only can be not be subject to unreasonable restrictions. It doesn't oh, yes. mention so, national security oh, there right. at all. That's uh, that's you. mentioned in other rights. Thank you. So you, you hit the nail, you know, right on the head. That is precisely what we're talking about. So let's look at the matter you know, reasonably. All right, let's look at it reasonably. I'm, I'm not targeting any particular individual. Yeah, well, I understand, but, yes, but, but as we said, the Hong Kong government somebody, made a statement. If somebody, you know, and I'm not saying you know, this is the case here, if somebody were to go to a foreign country and ask the foreign country to interfere with the system, not, not, just, not just with, you know, an individual case, but with the system. Now, can you then say that that person... Uh, can be trusted to be able to swear allegiance to the local government. Uh, Ronnie Tong, you talked about the the you know. No, I mean let's look at that. Let's look at that reasonably, right? Calmly, and, and as neutrally as you can, and ask yourself this question: What you, would be the answer? Well, you, okay, or a sub subsequent question. Okay, can, can somebody give me an answer, please? Well, it's not our job to here to, 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 to ah, defend the. Ah, so you yourself are moving uh, the topic away from the the one I asked you about originally. Are you well, obviously on more comfortable ground the on this one? The question you ask is loaded, and it's loaded because you make assumptions, and the assumptions are not valid. The assumption of what is in the matter, basic law. As I say, with the mentality of Donald Trump. <laughs> Uh, if I lose, then the other side must be, yeah. you know... Well, yeah, to get back to my question then about, about sore losers, you're, you're accusing the opposition of being sore losers. Well, but I'm saying that one must, you know, have clear view of what we are talking about here. We are not talking about the individual cases. We're talking about, you know, under the one country, two systems. Is it permissible for, say, for example, if somebody were to go outside Hong Kong and seek foreign help to dismantle the system, now, can you call that person, uh, or to, uh, can you trust that person to, to be able to swear allegiance to the government? That is a very simple question. I would have thought anybody would be able to answer that question. I can see you're much more comfortable using this example than the one I mentioned about the budget earlier. Or let's take another one also. No, no, uh, no, no, the no, Hong no, Kong I government... have 
question I've already answered it, didn't I? Yeah. I said you shouldn't simply look at, you know, what you, uh, the, the vetoing of a particular legislation. Uh, your, your power to veto is a power to provide check and balance. It is not a power to dismantle the system. Right? Now, that's the answer I've already given you, but you refuse to, to, to listen. Right? There is a huge difference between this, and I think rational people so will if, be able to see that. If people are judged that when they're standing for election that they might act in a way that is considered unreasonable by uh, returning officers, then that's enough to disqualify them. Okay. No, no, I'm asking you a question. If a um, returning officer no, judges that they that's might that's act in a way unreasonable, acting no, unreasonable no, is failing to I'm uphold sorry. the basic law. You, you're just in the law. This is not the law. You, you couldn't find that, your formulation, under the law. The law simply says that the returning officer needed to be convinced, right? He or she needs to be convinced that the uh, potential candidate uh, uh, will uphold the basic law and swear allegiance to the SAR government. So he or she has a very difficult task. I mean, he or she has got to make a, a, a determination, you know, and look at the behavior of this person and then judge him at that moment whether or not he is a person to be trusted to uh, who would uphold the basic law and sway allegiance to the SAR government. No, that's for no, the voters. No, wrong. that is can for I the voters. Mr. Tong. So no, Mr. Tong, please, no, you've, uh, had, you've uh, been on, talking. People are so rude nowadays, you know. They ask you a load of questions, and you, you refuse to, to let people to, to, to answer Mr. Tong, you've been now, talking for 10 minutes. The returning officer makes a decision which is wrong, there are avenues for appeal. But not right? until years after the election, in practice. So well, we've seen that, well, haven't we? Let's work on that. Let's just try to, you know, quicken the legal process. I, OK, I can I talk now, Mr. Tong? Can I ask you a question? Can you, can you, can you face a question? Are you ready? Mr. Tong? I'm here to answer questions and to deal with whatever questions comes my way. I've tried to do that, but I wasn't given the opportunity to, to, to do it the way that I want. Is that a yes? Can I ask you a question now? Well, you can try. Okay. One of the reasons given by the government, which, have, which has commented in quite considerable detail on, the, on, the, on these cases, uh, says that one of the reasons for not allowing someone to stand is that they've expressed an objection in principle to the enactment of the national security law expressing an objection in principle to the enactment of a law, you might think that's what legislators are bound to do. That's part of their job, isn't it? Uh, well, not necessarily. But I, as I say, I'm not trying to argue the case for the returning officer. Again, you know, that, that, well, that is what the government has done. That is what the government... This is what your government... This is just what your administration has just said. Let me answer it. I mean, for God's sake, come on, be reasonable. Be go, rational. Go ahead. All right? Be rational, please. Right? I haven't even answered, begin to answer it. And then you jump in with another whole, whole bunch of rhetoric. Look, what I'm saying is that, you know, you, you cannot simply look at that alone. Right? And uh, the thing is that uh, if you are in principle against any measure to protect national safety, then it raises the question whether any you can measure, any measure, to so if you're, if you're the SAR government. So if you're against so any you're measure at all, where you're in a situation that you haven't even looked at any provisions, and then you would say that whatever it is, as a matter of principle, I'm against it. Then that creates an, an impression on the, uh, in, in relation to the returning officer. 
This is quite different. If you have a draft and you say, look, this is too much, uh, paragraph 7 uh, goes across the line because of paragraph 7, I'm going to oppose the legislation. Now, that is the rational response of a reasonable and responsible legislator when he becomes a member of the legislature. Can I, can I ask but, a... but if you? Okay. But if you simply say... I don't care what he says. I don't care what you know what provisions there may be. But I'm I'm totally against the very idea that the, the nation should be protected. Then it creates a different problem, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Uh, it yes, but that's Can you not. Please answer my question too. Well, I think, think we could answer yes, your question. It, it does. Because it does create a different problem because you're missing the point. The point is that ah, the, the, the objection the objection was on the grounds the objection <clears throat> that came before. Before the before we actually saw the law was for for a start on the fact that we didn't see the law, uh, and and also because it was done through Annex Three, and because this was some people and some considerable legal authorities and academics considered that to be in breach of the basic law, which said that through Article Twenty Three it had to be done on our own. That's a, a perfectly reasonable stance to hold right. and a perfectly reasonable thing. However. We are now learning that right. if you expressed an objection, even in principle, right. to the enactment, never mind the, the substance of the, of the law, you're not, you're not even allowed to stand for uh, the Legislative Council. That's, right. well, th that seems to be... That's arguing in the call of law. Yeah, I can see arguments both ways, but the, your trouble is you wouldn't see the argument the other way. You only see argument one way. I'm trying to tell you there are arguments the other way. And because we can't resolve this argument here on this program, the matter must be resolved by reason of the system that we have, which is that, you know, if people think that they have a very good argument to show why the returning officer is making a huge mistake, then but, of but, course... But again, but again, these things should be down to the voters. The voters, the, the returning officer no. in a democracy, no. you don't get to choose your opposition. That's what the no, government no, is trying no, to do. That's not the, a matter the, of opposition. The, you are... You are we equating apples with oranges. We're not talking about opposition. We're talking about people, whether or not, are, are prepared to work under the one country, two systems, and then try to make it work. Do you agree that the interpretation of what, what that means has changed substantially in recent years? I mean, the, this late, the grounds on which people have been disqualified now are substantially different from what they were four years ago. Well, well because they, these are different cases. Very simply. Uh, the, the rule is, is always there. You know, the rule is that you should uphold the basic law and then swear allegiance to the SAR government. There are many ways to achieve the opposite result. The fact that, you know, uh, years ago people used uh, one way to achieve the opposite result and got disqualified doesn't mean that if you use another way to achieve the opposite result, you will not be caught by the law. How about people who were, uh, who were allowed to stand for the district council six, six months ago, even though they were saying the same sort of things then, uh, and then are disqualified now? Because the district council, under the basic law, is not a, a political uh, institution. But nonetheless, uh, they a, do now a, apply the same criteria. Committee, it, it has a, a different constitutional uh, status from the legislative council. And the requirement under the basic law is also very different. Uh, then uh, you need to understand that. Okay, I, I don't understand the logic, Mr. Tong. You, I mean, because the government has given this list of reasons why somebody could be disqualified, and we've we've highlighted a couple of them, which seem to which seem to many people perhaps to be insubstantial. And you're saying, oh, well, you can't just look at those; you have to look at these other ones, which no, I think I'm, I'm hold not, my argument I'm, I'm better. I'm trying to defend the government's position. I mean, well, that's your I'm job, isn't it? I think you are trying to that people can look at. But at the end of the day, this is the second time I'm saying this. 
but, but we cannot resolve this on this program. This is a matter, according to our system, has got to be resolved by the courts. Okay, our number is 233-88266. I think we've got a caller on the line, Andy. Andy, good morning. Yeah, hi, good morning. Uh, right, the government press release says the decision of the RO aims to ensure the election is held in strict accordance with the basic law in an open, honest and fair manner. I can't think of any decision which would have been less open, less honest and less fair. I mean, if you want to make it open, the RO would have to give their inst- issue their instructions from the senior people in the government who told them what to do. That's one point. Secondly, um, the press release says indiscriminately voting down legislation to get the government to change its policies is unacceptable. And I think that's complete and utter nonsense. Um, if, if voting down legislation is unacceptable, what about voting for legislation? Because you've got a whole chunk of functional constituency and establishment legislators who don't do nothing but vote indiscriminately for government legislation. Should they be excluded as well? Um, they, you, he was talking about the national security law. If you've expressed an objection in principle to the national security law, you can't stand for election. I think that's complete and utter nonsense as well. The national security law is only one month old. Nobody knew what it was going to be like before it was published. Uh, it's never been, there's no official version of it in English. So I don't know whether it applies to me as a, as a non-Chinese speaker. Um, but of course you can object in principle. You can say we don't like the law. We think it's badly worded. It's, it's worded in a sloppy, childlike manner. It's far too wide-ranging. The terms are not defined. The punishments are far too long. Of course you can object. You can say we, we think there should be some national security law, but not this, this draconian version. Um, another point, right, um, the government press release says any insults or threats to returning officers will not be tolerated. How can the government possibly say that an insult to a civil servant will not be tolerated? What law says you can't insult a returning officer? This government doesn't know the difference between a criticism and an insult. Okay, well, well... And, right, just to sum up, I'm extremely disappointed with Ronnie Tong, who was once a leader of the Civic Party, that he would come out, support this Carrie Lam government, which is anti-everything decent in Hong Kong. And, you know, it's... Ronnie Tong ought to resign. He ought to have some shred of decency. Okay, okay, Mr... Thank you very much. All right, Mr Tong, do you want to respond? in the past few days, uh, my point of view, which doesn't collide, uh, you know, perfectly with what the government has said last night. Uh, If I were the government, I probably wouldn't have issued such a statement. Uh, I would uh, respect the system. All I can say is that, uh, or I would say rather, uh, is that let the system work it out. Uh, And uh, I think leave it at that. Uh, I think it would be uh, probably uh, inflaming a lot of people. Uh, and the liaison office? The of the returning and the liaison office uh, statement as well? Sorry? And the liaison office, they well, issued a the statement? There, but, uh, you know, I have no control over other people's uh, putting forward their point of view. So it sounds like you're actually a bit uncomfortable well, with, I mean, with aspect, aspects of your statement. Many you're... times in the past few days that I do not regard simply vetoing a piece of mm. legislation or even some legislations uh, would amount to... Uh, 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 should amount to a reason for disqualification. I've said that more than once. Now, you, uh, uh, listener Andy asked whether you, you would consider resigning. Um, Why would you, should I resign? No, that, but I'm because you're at odds with the administration. Because you're at odds with the administration oh, over, over okay, important so that's issues. Reason to resign. Is that right? So, if well, the normally, is, uh, you disagree. Yeah, in the, government, the government in the 21st century, that that is, that's quite common. Yes. No, is, is that right? I mean, I, that's, can I ask this reasonable question? 
if you disagree with the government, therefore the government should go. No, I, we're asking you right? as, as an executive yes, councillor yes, if you dis- Why not? <laughs> if everybody disagrees and it has no support in the wider community in Hong Kong, then this government should go. When Carrie Lam stood for election in 2017, she said that if she loses the support of the Hong Kong people, she will resign. There was okay. a recent survey that said she had the support of 18% of the people. Okay, and I was so you should become so a protectorate of the United Carrie States Lam and has done dismantle the one country Hong system Kong and, and say bye-bye to everything. Is that it? Okay. Uh, well, I respect your view. All right, Andy. Thanks. Thanks for your call, Ronnie. Yeah. Just very, just very briefly on on the uh, on the postponement. Uh, I think some people, like Andy, might say that with the postponement and these uh, debarring or barring legislators, that makes the government into the sore losers. They're the ones who are looking at defeat and uh, and living in fear and uh, fear of the Hong Kong people. Well, I, I can see that perception, and I have openly. Uh, call for a, a, a more considered uh, approach. Uh, I think that it is unrealistic to expect that a fair and uh, organized election can go ahead in September, but I'm not saying that it should be postponed to you know as long as a year later. Uh, I think everything needs to depend on the scientific evidence, and I would like to hear from the experts as to what they think. You, you've been quoted, I think, mentioning three to six months, right? better uh, estimate as to how to deal with the present uh, pandemic, uh, you know, but I can see that people have different views and I respect different views. Okay, well, Ronnie Tong, many, many thanks for uh, airing your views. Uh, always good to talk to you. Executive Councillor uh, Ronnie Tong, Alan Lung from the Civic Party and Kenneth Lung uh, will be joining us after the news at nine. Uh, drop us a line if you want to join in or give us a call. 233-88266 is the number. The weather mainly cloudy with occasional squally showers and thunderstorms around under the thunderstorm warning in effect at the moment. Uh, temperatures today up to about 30 degrees. The outlook is going to be windy with swells, heavy squally showers and thunderstorms in the next few days. And the readings at the moment at the observatory now 27 celsius with a relative humidity standing at 87 percent back with more after the news in three minutes time developments with the barring of those uh, 12 uh, uh, candidates uh, from the pan-democratic camp and also suggestions that uh, there would be some kind of a postponement for uh, up to a year. We were talking in the first part of the programme this morning to Executive Councillor uh, Ronnie Tong. Got a few emails uh, on that uh, discussion. Um, if you uh, send us a message, especially short ones we like, uh, we'll do our best to uh, read them out. Backchat at rthk.hk. We've got a few on, on COVID-related issues, but I, th- I think we kind of uh, put them aside for the moment as we concentrate on uh, political uh, issues. Uh, of course, you can always just give us a call. Our number is 233 We'll put you on air. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. OK, on Backchat, uh, TC says, First, I find it comically ironic that someone nicknamed Dead Body, in reference to his views on Hong Kong's rule of law, is disqualified. This is uh, also a first-they-came moment for the Civic Party. When the government first DQ'd localists and independent supporter, moderate pro-democrats didn't do anything to oppose it, especially the Civic Party, a.k.a. the Lawyer Party, because they aren't localists or independent supporters, as well as they had the most to gain electorally. Now the government comes for the Civic Party. Who's defending them now? Furthermore, there's a logical gap in this move. Since the election is likely to be postponed for 12 months, the term of this LegCo is going to be extended. So some members who are DQ'd for re-election get to stay in office longer. 
Possibly, possibly, uh, TC. Uh, George says, Ronnie keeps talking about loyalty to the Hong Kong government. Surely legislators only need to swear loyalty to Hong Kong and the basic law, not the government. Swearing loyalty to Hong Kong and the basic law and swearing loyalty to the government are different. No. Uh, Barbara says, not surprised to hear about the news from TV tonight. Most people will get used to it slowly. Sid says, it just shows that one country, two systems dies again and again, like someone stabs a corpse numerous times. Uh, Tom says, the Western media said Hong Kong is dead so many times. When the extradition bill was proposed, about 100 times after that, and with the national security law, they said Hong Kong is now officially dead, is now indistinguishable from China. Yet the Apple Daily is still publishing, Joshua Wong is still making speeches, and everyone is singing the same old sad song of how unfair everything is. Playing the devil's advocate for China, why don't they just end this farce and roll back LegCo to the pre-1987 powerless system, instead continuing with the sabotage system that Chris Patton left behind here? China trying to do things properly has sent them up over and over again for criticism, while US allies such as Turkey and India steamroller over every institution in their countries with no sense of propriety and are given a free pass. It appears that one country, two national governments doesn't work. Maybe a local government system would be better suited. That is from Tom. Uh, okay, John, a variety of emails uh, on Ronnie Tong. Uh, John M says, Mr. Tong is uncomfortable and squirming. As the caller said, he should resign if he had some decency. Be gone, sir. Uh, Greg says, what a sad reflection Ronnie Tong is of his former self. His performance on your show this morning was simply a vain attempt to justify totalitarianism. Henry says, can you ask Mr. Tong, was the liaison office involved in the DQ decision? If so, how can we believe in two systems for a second more? Uh, uh, Bowen says, Article 50 to 53 of the Basic Law provide in detail for the situation where LegCo refuses to pass a budget or any important bill introduced by the government and actually spells out what should happen if LegCo refuses to do so twice and the CEs are obligated to resign. Ronnie's point is Ronnie's point that if LegCo members aim to veto an important bill to pressure the government into succeeding to their political demands, they should be viewed as seeking to bring down the government is therefore invalid. First, the government will not be brought down and second, LegCo's refusal to pass an important bill is specific specifically provided for in the basic law. So how can doing something that has been explicitly envisaged and provided for by the basic law be used as a ground for invalidating a candidate's candidacy? Uh, uh, Matthew says, Ronnie Tong, you're talking nonsense. The right for LegCo members with an electoral majority to vote for or against bills and veto them is built into the rules of procedure in LegCo and is perfectly legal. It's there to ensure the government must negotiate with elected representatives. I guess that's the problem. You have played a key role in destroying Hong Kong. You are the one who sounds belligerent and quite panicked this morning. I guess it's because you know how morally bereft your position is. I wonder how you sleep at night. And Mike says, hey, Ronnie Tong, please explain your comment, one country, two systems as a compromise. Who is compromising and what is compromised? Do you think the government is compromising the people or are the people compromising their position of freedom to the CCP and the Hong Kong government? That comes from Mike. Well, Ronnie Tong is gone, so he can't reply to those questions. But we do have um, his former colleague, Alan Leung, Civic Party chairman. Good morning, Mr Leung. Welcome to Backchat. Good morning. Uh, now, um, I think this has been, so far, um, pretty much all of your candidates have been disqualified. There's still a couple to go, but you don't really have high hopes they're going to be allowed to stand. Um, this has been des described as the biggest blow in the Civic Party's 14-year history. Is that correct? Well, insofar as our presence in the Legislative Council is concerned, that must be true. Uh, it seems that we would uh, probably disappear from the Legislative Council chamber, uh, for some time. Uh, 
Or do you think you'll ever be allowed back in? Back in? I mean, um, we, we've seen the criteria for disqualification. They're not, they're not getting easier, are they? If anything, they're becoming more restrictive year by year. Well, of course, we uh, do not see uh, we uh, would be allowed to get back into there by the present uh, regime. Um, but uh, and but since our party does not exist only in the Legislative Council. Well, that's we, how you started, didn't you? I mean, since, since you were formed, you have had a significant presence in the Legislative Council. I can understand you saying your party is more than simply the Legislative Council, but from its very early origins, um, so the Civic Party has uh, had a significant number of legislators and a, a lot of your work has focused around your presence in the Legislative Council, hasn't it? So at the very least, this is a major change for the party. Also joined now by uh, Kenneth Lung, the uh, former accountancy sector lawmaker. Uh, Mr. Lung, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. I'm not former. I'm still a current sitting. Okay, in right. Okay, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm, it's kind of on the cusp, isn't it? All right. Uh, so you're not allowed to stand for uh, the next uh, uh, session of, of LegCo. Uh, what reasons were you given? Well, the reason given was very vague because he just said, I mean, the returning officer said I was assisting in asking for sanction. I didn't even say um, to anybody that we would like sanction. And in fact, in my reply, I, I quite expertly told the returning officer that I do not wish any sanction to be applied to Hong Kong. Um, the main reason I think um, uh, the returning officer cited was the trip I made to the uh, to United States in March. Uh, together with uh, legislators from all political spectrum. And, and, and it was just an exchange uh, of information uh, on, on the uh, Democracy uh, Act for Hong Kong, and also we exchanged a lot of other information about trade, economic ties, and uh, other issues uh, between Hong Kong and the United States. Uh, how do you feel about the fact you're being held up as some sort of litmus test? People say, well, Joshua Wong, he's been disqualified before. Everyone expected him to be disqualified. Even the Civic Party these days, they're pretty radical. But Kenneth Leung, you disqualify him. That, that shows there's no room for moderates anymore. A lot of people no, no, I, holding I, I, I you up as an agree. example. There's no room for opposition. And what I think the government wants is some sort of fake opposition. They want the opposition to be operating uh, uh, in a very... Uh, straight jacket following very you know complicated routes and and these routes these so-called red lines are everywhere and uh, where where is the room for for maneuvering for for the opposition party or the opposition legislators i think we need to think out or strike out a very different strategy from today onward i think the thing is the the point would be that you're not just forming an opposition you're seeking to bring down the government and well, uh, what, what is you know evidence? Well, you're not. <laughs> you're well, what not do you mean by bringing down government? You, in what way? By what form or by what means? Well, it is not true. Benny Tai has true. Benny Tai has talked of you know uh, turning down, vetoing all legislation, uh, sabotaging. Well, for example, myself or 
for example, I, I know that Dennis Kwan never uttered a word about veto or anything uh, during uh, the campaigning or even when we were in the legislature. And I mean, and everyone can can read the voting records of the so-called opposition camp. We got different views on different issues, and it's quite you know a public document. Everyone can read it. And of course, I mean, the the, the so-called disqualification is a really subjective exercise. Uh, in terms of the geopolitical atmosphere and other considerations, I, I think it, it is a really a, a political screening. A, a couple of kind of practical questions: uh, If the election is postponed, and if there is, if the, the the term of this legislative council is extended in some way, for you know, people talk about being extended for a year, would you be allowed to sit in it now? What's your feeling on that? No, I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea whether the election will go on, because I think after DQing, for example, I don't know how many other uh, colleagues of mine or, or people uh, entering the, the race will be disqualified today. After, say, disqualifying two, two, two dozens of the opposition camp, I mean, I, I can't see why they, they should not want to hold the election right away. Well, if the uh, issue is genuinely about the virus, I, I don't know many people are cynical about that, but if the issue is genuinely about the virus, then the, the number of people you disqualify has no effect on the virus and safety issues about the election. Yeah, I, I think that on the other hand, there are arguments that there are elections held in other countries, in Korea and Singapore, during which the virus is still a, a prevalent disease. But I, I can see that if the government wants to control, to contain the spread of virus, they can do that within the next three or four weeks. All right. Um, uh, uh, I can't guess why, why, why the government want to, to, to extend it for another year because there's no legal basis for them to do so at the moment. Well, if the Standing Committee announces that there is a legal basis, there will be a legal basis, won't there? Well, um, they're meeting, they I think, so, next week. They say so, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah uh, uh, there's an email from Andy who says, uh, assuming the election takes place on the 6th of September, how are replacement candidates chosen? Is there time? And he says, as an accountant, I voted for Kenneth Lung in the past. I think he's done a good job. I would have voted for him again. Uh, Kenneth Lung? Yeah, replacements? Nominations uh, close today, don't some they? aspiring accountants have, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, and wrote his race, so, but I, I couldn't say much more ap uh, apart from this. So just wait until everything is confirmed. You better hurry up. <laughs> I, I imagine it sounds to me like he's got that on his mind. So, um, did you, did you, was this a surprise? Surprise what? That you were disqualified. Did you expect it? Did you have a plan, um, a plan I B? I anticipated it a little bit. It's not unanticipated because the red line is everywhere. After the passage of the NSL, I mean, everyone could be disqualified. And this is the end of elected politics for you, presumably? Yeah, yeah, I assume so. You just go back to your professional career? Uh, maybe. I still want to contribute to society in, in a different role and, and, and position. Uh, professional practice is also another option, but I haven't uh, decided yet. It's too early to say anything. I don't quite understand what your, your point was about the sanctions. Did you, did you call for sanctions? Did you agree no, with I people who... I never say any word about sanctions, but the, the returning officer was accusing me of assisting in asking for sanction because I accompanied uh, Jeremy Tam and Charles Bock together uh, uh, to, to attend a conference in San Francisco. And, uh, and you attended it as well? I attended that conference, of course, yeah. Are yeah. you considering to bring... You're being a bit mealy-mouthed about this. You went along to, to sessions at which, at which your colleagues were calling for sanctions. Well, I, I, I won't quote other people's, you know, um, uh, saying in the conference, but, you know... 
is a conference attended by legislators of all spectrum and uh, some executive councillors. Well, everyone can have a free. So you disagree with your colleagues? Everything. You disagree Sorry? with you disagree with uh, Charles Mock? Your party? This is your party, isn't it? Members of your party? No, it's a professional commerce. It's a caucus. Okay. I, I, I didn't I didn't say anything about you know whatever my my other colleagues said because each each will be responsible uh, for his own words. What well, do you agree so, with your colleagues? No, I, I never read anything about Charles Mock's, you know, you know, writing because I we, we we say different things in the press conference. But anyways, I I think what the returning officer stands is just sorry. Uh, you're a uh, member of the same political group, but you won't comment on what the the other person says to agree no, or disagree. I I I cannot comment on Charles Mock's stance because that, I haven't got his stance in, 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 right in front of me. Or or Jeremy Jeremy is, is from the Civic Party. We we, we uh, do you're not familiar with that, you mean? <laughs> We do have an agenda at, at, at the conference, of course. We do. Each of us have a different agenda, this, this, emphasizing different things. It sounds a bit so fishy. You, uh, yeah. you know, if I was an accountant, I would like to look more closely into what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I do not want, I do not want Hong Kong to be sanctioned. I would just want to know how the act would be applied in actual, uh, in, in actual fact, and okay. what is the threshold? What uh, are the impacts? Will you consider bringing? Uh, are you going to bring judicial review against your disqualification? Or are you get- well, we are considering. We are considering, but it will not be a very effective, you know, uh, process. It will take two years, three years. It, it will be um, just another um, uh, big project, and uh, it comes with, you know, no result at all. I, I guess in some of the judicial review cases. So it doesn't sound like you're very, very, very enthusiastic about the idea. Well, this is still an option. It's an option, it's but an not. It doesn't seem a very attractive one, does it? Okay. We're thinking about it. What, what, what about just just finally? I know you got to go, but you know the people who say, uh, "Well, Apple Daily is still being published. We're still having these conversations like this. We can still disagree, or people are free to come on air and, and disagree with uh, with Ronnie Tong." The talks of the death of of Hong Kong are uh, you know exaggerated. Well, it seems that I mean the our rights under the um, basic law has been eroded bit by bit for many years and every year there is a new interpretation of the basic law there is a new document appended to to the basic law that's why i think uh the shape and the meaning of basic law uh is now very different from that of what we had in 1997 i i i i think that it's strange because nobody you know initiates the change in the basic law but they can be changed i mean the, the actual meaning and the content of the basic law could be changed by adding more legislation on top or, or uh, as appendix to the basic law or reinterpreted by the National Stand, uh, uh, People's Congress Standing Committee. OK, well, Kenneth Lang, thanks for joining us, who Thank is you. the accountancy sector lawmaker. Uh, uh, some comments. Uh, Andrew Kay says, Not surprisingly, the disqualified troublemakers are annoyed. Fe- revisit this in six months and see who remembers their names. That's under the... The line, uh, sore losers. Uh, Rick says, well said that caller. I think he's returning to Andy in the first part. Well said that caller. Ronnie is a quizzling. 
And uh, Andrew F says, what happened to Ronnie Tong? He used to be someone I looked up to politically and in fact wrote to Backchat last year in praise of his letter to Hong Kong. It's depressing to hear him behave like this. It's hard to believe that the founder of the Civic Party and the Article 23 Concern Group is the same man on RTHK this morning. Even more moderate, pragmatic path of democracy, which later founded and I joined last year, doesn't hold these views. At least I assume it doesn't, or I'd be tearing up my membership. It comes from Andrew F. Alan Lung, a lot of comments from our listeners about Ronnie Tong, who used to be a very close colleague of yours. What do you have to say on the matter? You mean I want to say on Ronnie Tong? Yes. I mean, he's he's someone you know very well and you were close to for many years. (laughs) Well, I don't think it helps, and it doesn't serve any useful purposes. Uh, We have the public uh, to pass judgment on a politician. Uh, It is just like a TV series. Uh, You can't chop it up. And, uh, well, ever since the days when uh, the Civic Party came into being, uh, I think the public has uh, been uh, following what we said and what we did. And their judgment is, uh, I think, uh, more important. Well, I don't know. You used to, you two used to be very. I remember seeing the two of you playing the guitar together. You were very close, right? Oh, well, you have been following, huh? <laughs> yes. Did it for okay, operations let us, after? Let us not waste time on Ronnie Tong. Right? Okay. Do we have any any more uh, relevant questions? Yeah, so let, let's move back to. I mean, the, the love Civic Party has been disqualified. We haven't seen anyone from the Democratic Party disqualified yet, and I'm not even aware of Democratic Party candidates being asked questions by returning officers. Oh, is that right? I didn't know. Well, I, 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 I could be wrong. I haven't followed every safe the last one. Certainly no Democratic Party candidates have been disqualified yet. And um, um, among the publicity given to questions from returning officers, we didn't hear any mention of uh, questions to Democratic Party candidates. Are they trying oh, to maybe, drive maybe a they... wedge between you two parties? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, this, this, if anything, you should ask the Democratic Party whether they received any queries from their respective returning officers. Maybe it is just that they haven't uh, published them. Right? Uh, I don't know, but, but we would know soon. Uh, we would know soon. But if you look at the reasons or purported reasons given by the DQ officers, um, you would find it very difficult to uh, uh, think that any who uh, have opposed to the NPC Standing Committee uh, secretly making the national security law for Hong Kong could pass the red line, right? Because that is one of the four major reasons uh, or excuses given by the DQ officers for DQing people. And so far as I remember, uh, none of those who participated in the um, primaries the, 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 uh, in, in, in which 610,000 people voted, uh, none of those candidates uh, supported NBCSC unconstitutionally and unlawfully, illegally making the NSL for Hong Kong. So if that is the red line, uh, I, I, I don't think any of those uh, who participated in the primaries have have you got uh, non-party members who will be substitutes, or of the camp got substitutes for the for your people who have been DQ'd? Well, uh, I I I think that 
can be uh, uh, that will become apparent very soon today, right? Because uh, nominations close today, so yeah. So today will be the close of nomination. But my suspicion or anticipation is that uh, there would be many people, uh, given what happened yesterday, putting in nominations uh, for different seats. Uh, the legislative council. Oh, that's so So you think we're going to see a rush to put in last-minute nominations today across New well, constituencies? That's what I suspect. That's what I suspect. But uh, not not uh, um, uh, arranged by the civic parties. Well, but I, you've I, had I, plenty of time to prepare for this. I mean, maybe the scale of the disqualifications came as a surprise, but you, you must have anticipated at least some disqualifications, and you, uh, you must have been thinking about your plan Bs and even plan Cs, right? Uh, well, we do have uh, a few uh, civic party members uh, who are up and coming in the party, uh, and they can be described as part Plan B. But after yesterday's uh, excuses given by the DQ officers to DQ uh, people like uh, Dennis Kwok and Elvin Young, uh, I don't think any of our party plan Bs uh, could pass uh, the red line. Now, Kenneth Long didn't seem very optimistic about the idea of a judicial review. What, what do you think in, in respect of your own party's disqualified candidates? There have been several cases on this before, and um, only when the candidates weren't given a chance to answer questions. That was the only time when they, they managed to win these cases. That's right, that's right. I think you hit the nail on his head. I think that so far as judicial intervention is concerned, um, the previous cases uh, in which the petitioner uh, was successful uh, would only be the DQ officers had not uh, given any opportunity for them to uh, come back on uh, questions fired by the DQ officer. So they took the trouble of doing that going through the motion, I would describe, uh, and that would uh, practically close the door to uh, JR. So, so you accept these disqualifications are lawful? Well, what, how, what is the logic? Lawful? No, 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 no. If you're, well, you're not going to JR them... You know them, better you... than I do, you know better than I do, that uh, we operate on uh, very decisive and we... We have a, a uh, system in which the three powers uh, are separated, and there are stringent rules by which a, a court uh, would go by uh, before it would interfere with uh, well, executive okay, decisions. Well, okay, but the court of funds is... But that doesn't mean the executive decisions are correct. Well, no, the court... Can't. The, the court of first instance. <laughs> yes, but the court of first instance has already Thank ruled. You. As things stand, the court of first instance has ruled that they do have the power. They do have the power to to um, you know make these decisions, uh, and that's well, that's, but, that's but, but the way the, the law is at the moment. Uh, you already pointed out that uh, in in all the president cases, uh, the only possibility that you can get the, the court to strike down a DQ officer's DQ decision uh, is that. Uh, he or she had not uh, afforded to the candidate uh, an opportunity to answer. The, the, the Court of First Instance also said, you know, that, that 
people who want to stand for Lechka have not just got to um, conform to the basic law. They've got to embrace, they've got to support, they've got to promote the basic <laughs> law. Do, yeah. do, does your party really do that? Well, I would say yes. Why not? Well, we'll just take the example of the NFL. Right? We uh, certainly oppose to this black box operation of the NTCSC out of our insistence on compliance with the basic law. All right? you, you must know that Article 23 of the basic law uh, clearly requires, and uh, uh, yeah, that is the Hong Kong SAR government, to make uh, national security laws. And this NSL has uh, been made without our chief executive, even our chief executive, having sight of the texts of that law. Is that ridiculous? But that's not necessarily, at least according to the Standing Committee's views, not necessarily contrary to Article 23 of the Basic Law. Article, uh, the Standing Committee still has a parallel power to en enact national security legislation. They, well, they, I, heard they... you. I heard you, and I heard the NPCSC, but uh, is that the original intentions of the Basic Law? Right. Well, well, it is for everybody to, to, to pass a judgment. Well, NTCSC members uh, do not have the prerogative in that regard. Do you think some of your younger members will give up on politics now and that there is no longer any route to the Legislative Council through the Civic Party? And presumably when it comes to next District Council elections, they won't allow your members to stand in the next District Council elections? Well, I think that is what you want and what the uh, CCP wants. Right. <laughs> well, then Hong Kong will be peaceful and we can all concentrate on our work and we would uh, resume our status as an international financial centre respected by the free world. Well, let's bring to that. Uh, what, what, what about the postponement? We've had uh, yesterday a record number, 149 cases. We're right at the height of a pandemic uh, at, the, at the moment. This is really isn't the time for an election, is it? Why is it not? <laughs> because we're in the middle of an epidemic. Well, uh, look at Singapore, uh, who did a general election in which 2.5 million people voted uh, only less than three weeks ago. There are lots and of they, other examples of countries that have postponed elections. I mean, there's something like 50 countries around the world that have. Well, the, the, the question is not the competition of numbers. Look here, anchor. Right? What, what is important is that uh, our government has not been doing anything administratively, I mean, to make uh, the election uh, possible uh, as scheduled for the 6th of September. Look at Singapore. They increased the number of uh, voting stations. They extended the time for voting. They even allotted voters with a two-hour slot to minimize the, the, the opportunity of uh, there, there being uh, a spread of the uh, virus, maintaining social distancing, has Carrie Lam uh, mentioned anything about that? No. Okay. And what is important is that uh, she is still <laughs> allowing uh, people who might be carriers and some actually confirmed by scientific research to have uh, come and brought with them the virus that caused 
the uh, recent uh, comeback of the pandemic. Okay, well, Anne Lung, uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, some some emails uh, which, uh, from uh, and comments on Facebook. Paul, actually, Paul Letters, who's one-time host of the programme, says it's sad to listen in from Australia on what's happening in Hong Kong, shameless shenanigans, but then is it reasonable to expect democratic freedoms from a totalitarian state? Hong Kong is now part of that dictatorial state, and the classic totalitarian moves are occurring. For example, arresting people for things they have written online, barring popular opposition candidates, postponing elections, etc. We've seen it all before in every totalitarian state uh, in history. TC says two points on Ronnie Tong. One, he claims he isn't defending the government. As a member of the Hong Kong cabinet, it's his duty to defend the government's decision. Two, in most of the civilised world, when a government official disagrees with the decision of that government, they do the honourable thing and resign. This tells you how much honour Ronnie Tong has. Uh, Mike says, it's been helpful for me to decide whose argument is stronger by observing who starts calling people's names, call, calling people's names first. Ronnie Tong started his comment by deflecting to Donald Trump. President Trump seemed to be left's or favourite whipping boy. Ronnie tipped his hand at the start of the phone call. Uh, uh, Bowen says, I have to point out the error made by Hugh when he said the pandemic will bring down the government by vetoing a budget or a bill. What the officials said and implied is that the candidates aim to bring down the system, although the word government was also used. And as I have already pointed out, the system or the government in that sense will not be brought down. A particular CE may be brought down eventually, although that cannot be taken for granted, as he or she can be re-elected again after being obligated to resign. The government, let alone the whole system, cannot be brought down. That comes uh, from Bowen. Um, thank you very much indeed for uh, all your comments, many comments uh, this morning. Uh, one from Andrew F., uh, who says, uh, uh, well done, guys. Uh, your knowledge of the gritty, nitty-gritty of these issues uh, is impressive. Hearing Danny push back on Ronnie on a specific point of law, Ronnie described as rude but too good, would have been more accurate. Bravo. That comes from Andrea. Thank you very much indeed. We'll take that uh, into uh, the weekend. Uh, uh, many thanks to uh, Alan Lung, Civic Party leader. Uh, here's the weather before we go. Many cloudy with occasional squally showers and thunderstorms. Maximum temperature today about 30 degrees. Uh, uh, and the outlook, it's going to be windy with swells, heavy squally showers and thunderstorms in the next few days. The thunderstorm warning is effective until at least 9.45, so that's another 10 minutes. 27 degrees at the moment, relative humidity is at 88%. Have a good weekend. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion and I'm usually quite laid back, but you can count me in to fight COVID-19. Here are my tips. Don't go to work and seek medical advice promptly if you're unwell. Avoid eating out or going out if it's not necessary. Keep at least one meter apart from others and avoid contact with people who show symptoms. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for us.